Good morning, church. It's great to see you today. I'm really, really excited about this morning. We're doing things a bit differently today. We're going to be hearing stories from two remarkable individuals in the life of the church. As Pete has already alluded to, next week is Vision Sunday. And I can honestly say that every year we are brimming with excitement for Vision Sunday. But this year... Inside the two of us as leaders, what God has planted for us to share with you, we are so, so excited about. It's not rocket science. It's not going to be something crazy, but it feels so right. We are going to be putting Jesus at the heart of everything as we build into the future as a church. And we've got a special unveiling to do of a particular space as well. So I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. Vision Sunday is a time for us to commemorate, to pause and reflect on God's goodness. And I'm sure you'll agree that the snapshots that we've seen through the media pieces each week have been amazing because they've actually profiled some things that most of us are completely unaware of. You know, for every individual sitting in this room, there is a story of what God is doing, of how we're being his hands and feet into our local community, but also further afield, wherever he sends us. And today, we want to look at one of our vision statements, and that is, we see a church offering shelter to the marginalized marginalized, rest to the weary, justice to the oppressed, and restoration to the broken. And we're particularly going to focus in today on restoration to the broken. There are some beautiful verses in Isaiah 61. And when we were looking at our justice series recently, we focused in on those verses. Pete spoke a brilliant message on them. But one of the mandates there is to bind up the brokenhearted. And you may or may not be aware that here in the church, there are many different ways in which we care for people and we try to bind up the brokenhearted with the love of Jesus. One of those ways is our counselling service, which is absolutely outstanding. At any given time in the life of the church, we have 30 plus people going through counselling here. Isn't that wonderful? Some from within the church family and some from much further afield. And God is in the process of literally rebuilding the ruins in people's lives through our incredible team of um, counsellors, spearheaded, trained up and pioneered by Liz Jevons, who is one of the pillars in the life of this church. She is incredible. Liz and her husband Paul had vision to see this take place and I know that Paul would be so delighted with the way in which Liz has continued to grow and expand this incredible work. We are so proud in the right way of what is taking place here and we know that these, these services are recommended and renowned by people far and wide. That's incredible. But also uh, Liz had vision a little while ago now to for us to host something called the recovery course. And that is, um, Liz, how many weeks? 12? 
15 weeks. Okay, so it's a big commitment for us as a church. It's a 15-week course where anybody suffering with any kind of addiction can come and go through a program um, through teaching and discussion and a meal. They can find a safe space to journey with God, with a great team and with others to see Uh, to see freedom. And the first person that I would like to invite to share part of their story today is a wonderful lady called Ali. And she went through both the Shine course, which is one of our self-esteem courses that we run into the community, and the recovery course here at Skylark Church. And as a result of that, she has had her life transformed. So Ali, thank you for being so brave and courageous today. Could we give her a warm welcome? I'm going to need another microphone, please, Tom. Thank you. Wonderful. Can you come and sit here? There you go. I'll come and sit a bit closer to you. Don't be nervous. It's going to be fine. Lord, we just pray for Ali right now, actually. Lord, she is being incredibly brave and vulnerable this morning in sharing her journey. And so, Father, I pray you give her the right words to say. I pray for those of us who are listening this morning that we would not just hear this and be encouraged, but actually we would hear this and we would be inspired to action. Lord, that maybe for some of us, we actually need um, to go through the recovery course or the shine course, or maybe there are other areas of brokenness in our hearts or in our family or in our lives that we need to look at. And I pray, Lord, that you would use this story this morning to inspire others to know that you are the voice of hope. Amen. Hello. Hello. I'm going to need to hold that microphone really nice and close. Hello. Yeah, that's it. Ali, thank you so much for being willing to share with us this morning. Now, I've given a brief introduction to some of the ways in which people can access um, restoration through in and through the life of the church. But earlier this year you started an amazing journey and it led to you encountering God for the first time. Mm. Um, Some of that's due to the Shine course and I know you're going to elaborate more. Um, And some of that is due to the recovery course. So I wondered if you could explain firstly, where were you at in your life at the time and what led you to make the connection with the Shine course and then with the recovery course? Um, I was in a, a conflicting space and um, basically through Open Road, which I'd voluntarily um, put myself forward for, um, a very lovely lady um, put me forward for the shine course that was being run within that um, unit. And um, it was only seven weeks. I thought that's a short period of time. Um, And I attended and it it was just amazing. And it made me think that I felt something was coming back to me that I, I'd been searching for and not really realising. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really lovely, warm, loving place uh, run by uh, Vivian and the lovely ladies here. Um, um, and it was really supportive. And through that, I met a friend who also um, attended the church and she then suggested that perhaps I might find the recovery course helpful as well that was being run by Skylark. And um, I did. I, t- I took that and thought, I'm open to anything. And I, I, I really did feel that I was looking for something, couldn't decide exactly what it was. But clearly, my path has already been written out for me. Um, and I came along in January. I thought it was May when we spoke. 
Um, that was the second course that I've done. The second recovery course. Yeah, uh, it's, um, it was, yeah, very alien to me in that I, I don't believe that I'd had any sort of guidance for quite some time. I, 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 yes, I did used to attend church and so on, um, but I'd, I'd lost my way. Um, and in, in that first entrance walking in, I just felt like it was family. And wow. that's how I regard you all. That's amazing. It's, it's, um, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay to be emotional. Hmm. So, yeah, very welcoming. Um, and uh, met some lovely, wonderful ladies and gents um, who we were able to... I, I, I just love the, the whole community side of it, sitting around a table, eating, praying, and just going on a journey yeah. with people that just seem like immediate family. It, it, it was just, yeah, really comforting wow. and, and strengthening. Um, and about the third week in, uh, I just felt um, overwhelmed with something that's deep inside of me. Yeah, when we were on the phone, I think you said something like, I just felt this warmth and it was like the lights came on in my heart, which I thought was such a beautiful way of describing meeting Jesus. Because, mm. you know, I can see lots of nods and big smiles because so many of us have had that experience too. That's how I am all the time. I, I just feel like, Ugh. I just feel really happy and joyful and, and at peace. And that's wow. something I, I've, I've not had for so long in my 53 years on this earth it's 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 just amazing and 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 I thought yeah I, re I really want to learn more because the course was 15 weeks um then I was offered by some kind people um the alpha course and I thought yes I want I want to learn more I want you've done the lot it's yeah. brilliant <laughs> to start on that as well and 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 yeah albeit new and sometimes overwhelming it, it, that that was great another commitment um which culminated in another magical day of um holy spirit day which was like three sessions in one that was amazing absolutely amazing and, and all through this my family have felt and i know they're not here today but they they just felt that I've changed and I, I know I am more peaceful and calm and patient and all the stuff that I should have been some time ago and lots of things that have happened to me in the past have sort of ah that's why it's because this was going to happen to me and I feel very very lucky wow mm. that's amazing um I just want to zone in on a couple of things because when we talked um, in advance of today, we talked particularly about the fact that you felt you went into the Shine course with um, like virtually no confidence. And yeah. I know that you had um, a, an alcohol addiction um, previously and that's why you'd gone to Open Road, but you had made a decision like, I'm done with that. And you, you're an amazing overcomer because actually you, you did that, you just woke up one day and went, nope, this has got to stop, and went and got help, which I think is a remarkable thing. But can you explain how the combination of the Shine course, the recovery course, meeting Jesus, how each of those things really has, um, has brought about a change for you? How do you, how do you know you've changed? Just, I just, um, 
Well, I wouldn't have said yes to something like this. Right? I mean, who would? <laughs> is, is it, yeah, it's something I would have found far too overwhelming and would have sat further at the back and just, no, not ventured out here and sat in front of you all. But because you're family, it just feels normal. And wow. Yeah. I, I, I can't really say that it's... It sounds quite minimalist, but it's... It's nothing more than that. That that's what I feel that I, I'd been looking for. I have a fantastic family. Don't doubt that. Um, but I, I, yeah, I've found my place. I feel I've come home. Wow, mm. that's beautiful. And I've just got this little quote that I wrote down that you said, um, which was, "Everything has fallen into place, and I know that this, i.e., Jesus, will carry me forward forever." And mm. I just felt like that was such a beautiful way mm. of describing your journey. Now, I'm sure that there are some people sitting here today who actually they've got an area of their life where maybe they feel like something's missing. Perhaps they've come along to church with family or friends. Maybe they used to go to church years ago and they're just kind of coming to try and rediscover something. Um, or maybe actually they're at a point in their life where, you know, they have an addiction and just not feeling able to function well in themselves. What would your advice be to anyone sitting here today who feels they're searching for some kind of missing part? Be open to change, and I, I, on a personal level, I just, I felt I was resting into it and and trusting. Um, people do have to change, and I found that um, just by being open to it, whatever that change was going to be, it's all very very exciting. <laughs> I just feel like a child, wow. and I am obviously God's yeah, child. So it, yeah, it's 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 um, a combination of trust and and love, especially love. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know that I've made any sense with that. I'm You've really made sorry. total sense. Absolute total sense. Um, I would love for us to pray for Ali this morning. And there's two reasons for that. Um, firstly, I think she's been incredibly courageous. And we actually don't want the enemy to have any opportunity to steal um, the power of what she shared today. So we're going to pray for that. But secondly, because I just believe... You know, God has met with you and encountered you for a reason. And there's a purpose to all of this, as you've already said. And I know you know that, um, that because we've talked about it. So just pray that, you know, as you continue to walk hand in hand with Jesus, that he gently reveal to you what that next step of purpose might be. So can we join and do that this morning? Lord, we thank you so much for Ali today, this beautiful lady. And it is so clear from her face and her smile and her countenance that she has discovered you. And that excitement that she feels, that childlike excitement mm -hmm. is directly from you. And actually what that does is for those of us who have been walking with you for many years, I think it challenges us. It challenges us not to become complacent with what you've given us. And so I pray blessing over Ali today and over her family. I thank you, Lord, that they've seen a change in her. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bring peace to her household. I pray, Lord, that you would now gently lead her forward and show her just that next step of purpose. What is it that you are, yes, um, what, how are you wanting to use her? Yes. How are you wanting to shape her? But thank you, Lord, that more than anything that she could ever do for you, 
you are asking her to always know that she is loved by you and that you delight in her just the way she is. And I pray she would always rest in you, always rest in that. She wouldn't get caught up with the doing at the expense of being who you've called her to be. Mm. So would you protect her? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Ellie, for sharing. An amazing story. Listen, church, if you ever wonder, you know, what you read in a newsletter that just looks like one line or one advertisement, you have no idea how much these things are changing lives. And when we come together next week and celebrate Vision Sunday, it's not just a scheme for us to get your money. No, what we're trying to do is to basically say, God, we want to invest more into what you're doing because we want to see more alleys sitting here on a Sunday morning and then sent out into their everyday context full of the love of Jesus. So the next person I would like to invite who is also being incredibly vulnerable and courageous is Laura Mitson. Yay! So for those of you who don't know Laura, she is a busy working mum She's hugely active in her local community. She's fully engaged in serving in the life of the church here. She is amazing. From the outside looking on, Laura, you could so easily seem like the kind of person who has everything sorted, to be honest. But like all of us, you've had some really big emotional hurdles to overcome. And as part of that process, a little while ago, you made the decision to have some counselling here at Skylark. And since then, I know that you've seen an amazing positive transformation when it comes to your own inner healing and well-being. And I know that that's an ongoing process, so I'm not presenting you as the finished article. I don't think any of us ever are. Um, but can we just find out a little bit more about your journey and hear some of your story firsthand today? Yes. Great. So my first question is this. Uh, I'm glad you answered yes. I've had nowhere no, to go. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, so, what was happening in your external, but also in your inner world at the time that prompted you to seek some extra support? And what was the journey behind the scenes that led you to decide to get some counselling here? Okay, so about a year ago was the point where I started having counselling here. Um, sometime before that, a couple of months before that, I broke my foot. Now, that didn't lead me to counselling. That obviously led me to A&E. Um, but... I had nine weeks then of basically having to stop everything that I was doing and put my feet up, which sounds like a dream, but actually when you're juggling so many things, it's incredibly stressful. And very inconvenient. <laughs> very inconvenient. Um, but at the end of that time, I'd also just given up my job, so I wasn't, wasn't at work at the time, and I just started to feel meh. Like there's no other word for it. I had no energy, I had no motivation. And some very close friends um, kept nagging me until I went to the GP, who did every blood test under the sun for what could um, cause fatigue, but also just looked me right in the eye and said, if this all comes back clear, please come back and see me, because there might be something else going on. Um, and I got home and I thought, she has seen right through me. Because actually, I kind of... 
it's about a 10-year journey up to that point of um, a lot of stuff where I, I kind of started, I was saying last night, I shared at the women's event last night, I knew who I was in God, my early 20s, I, I absolutely knew, and just gradually over the years, stuff happened, and I lost sight of that. My focus shifted from God, and it focused on wanting to become a mummy, and we had some um, fertility problems. I got labelled subfertile, which is delightful label. Um, we had a miscarriage, um, so there was that kind of pain from that loss, and I just carried on through all of that. Um, when I had Felix, I mean, I was obviously over the moon. It was incredible, but I, I really suffered with anxiety, but I didn't tell anybody. I just kept it all in, didn't even tell John. He knew I wasn't myself, but I wasn't talking about what the problem was. So all of those things were kind of bubbling up, um, and I just squished it and squished it and carried on, as you do. And then suddenly, being off my feet for that time and not working, I had nothing else to blame that feeling on. I, wow. couldn't, I couldn't blame it on being busy or working or juggling. I had to just admit, actually, and so I had to sit down with John and say, look, I think, I think, um, I think I'm struggling with depression and I think I have been for a long time, but I haven't been willing to say that word out loud. Um, so he was obviously gorgeous about it, as he is. Uh, went to the GP, da, 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 got put in some tablets, which I'm still on, and they're working wonders. But also then got, um, well, I say got in touch with Liz Jevons. I nonchalantly mentioned in a conversation with her that I might quite fancy having some counselling. And if you know Liz, you know that she does not let you off the hook. So before I knew it, <laughs> we had that meeting in the diary um, and, there, and I met with my counsellor for the first time. So, Wow. So firstly, I just want to pause and honour your courage because I think it must have taken immense courage during those nine weeks at whatever point that happened to actually say, articulate those words and realise that you needed something more, both in terms of the medication um, and in terms of the counselling. And I want to just pause and say, we are not that church that encourages people to come off medication um, or who, who don't think that um, actually medicine and Jesus can work hand in hand. We actually believe that part of the way that God um, heals people is he gives people um, the capacity to research and to produce the most amazing medical treatments and so um, I want to make that really clear and for the benefit of those who are listening um, I think it's important to understand that anyway moving on what did you expect honestly uh, when it came to counselling and what has your experience been like okay so I had had when I had George um, I had two sessions of counselling through the NHS and I know that the NHS is incredible in so many ways but for me, the, the guy, I got paired up with a guy which actually when you know my story of what I was dealing with wasn't ideal um, and I just didn't open up, I didn't feel comfortable with him so it, it, that didn't work out for me. So I, I kind of had that as an experience to compare to um, and if I'm really honest, I was expecting to sit with a person who nodded and smiled and said, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the image that probably most right, right? people have in their head before they have counselling. Yeah, and that is not what happened. Um, so I, she contacted me and said, look, can you give me a ring and we'll arrange a time? And actually, I had to text her and say, no, like one of my big anxieties is being on the phone. Um, can I text you instead? She was lovely. She's like, of course you can. Um, so we arranged it. I came in. We sat down together. And I just went... Blah, 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 blah. 
And it just, I just talked because she um, is this incredibly warm, gifted woman of God who the instant I was in her company, I knew that Liz had paired me with the right person for a start. That's so good. But week upon week, she, she um, yeah, it's been in a place where you can talk without judgment. You can talk without fear that you're going to offend anybody or that they might feel, you know, that person might think badly of the person or the situation that you're talking about. You can just completely, no strings attached, no, nothing, just be you and share what's really deep and on your heart. Wow, Mm. that's a really helpful description. And I think for any of us um, sitting here today who haven't um, been through counselling but maybe have been considering it, it's useful to know that actually what you thought it might be like has been really different from your experience. I made an impact after the first session. I remember talking to you after the first one. I was like, have you been once? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you saying that too, which leads us really well on to my next question, actually, which is what sort of changes have you seen as a result of your counselling sessions so far? And I know it's not the end of the journey for you yet, but um, where have you seen God's fingerprints and encountered his touch during this time? Okay, so I, I, if I'm really honest, I went to counselling thinking that I needed to talk about the pain of a miscarriage that I hadn't dealt with, which was 10 years ago, a few weeks ago. And um, it took until session 12 to talk about that because apparently there was a lot of other stuff we needed to uncover first. And um, the way I've seen God working in that, in that place is partly through my counsellor in terms of She'll sometimes say, oh, is there something in particular you'd like to talk about today? And I often say, no, because <laughs> I'm fine. Um, and she'll pull something out of her bag, which, in, you know, more often than not has me in floods of tears because it is something that touches something deeply. So God is definitely working through her and speaking to her about some particular things that she's then been able to draw, about, draw out of me. Um, but also... I shared last night that I had, I felt, we joined this church four years ago, and um, I, I feel like although I have got some strong friendships, people only see me as if through frosted glass, and it's because I could only see myself that way. I almost didn't, I couldn't see who I was anymore, so how did I expect other people to? And so through those counselling sessions, I can see that God is working so specifically on certain things, and that that is just being scraped away and scraped away, and I'm feeling like myself again. I know, <gasps> like the, the breakthroughs that are coming and the freedom that is coming from knowing who I am in God again and knowing that he is proud of me and knowing that I have a place. You know, all of those things are coming through those conversations and those discussions with her. That is so encouraging, isn't it? That's amazing. Now, Part of our vision here at Skylark is to create a culture and an environment where vulnerability is encouraged. Uh, We try not to be that church that has like the strong man of woman of power, uh, never showing any weakness. Uh, We don't think that's healthy. We want to be honest about our struggles and able to ask for help. Um, And we want this to be a church where it's okay not to be okay at times. What has that aspect of our church culture meant to you um, as you've navigated this period of time in your life? Um, so I think I, I am a person who tries to look as if I've got it all together. It's just, it's just what I naturally do. And um, it's almost like the veneer of a Russian doll, you know, that kind of very painted face, but there's all these layers going on inside. And um, 
This place is exactly like Ali said, it's home and I feel safe here. And so knowing that in this family that we have, and I may not know you all personally, but everybody here adds to that um, culture of family, when you feel safe, you can be you, you can be vulnerable, and you can know that people will love you despite what's going on. You don't have to look like you've got it all together. And actually, sometimes looking like you've got it all together when you haven't doesn't help other people. That's so, so true. So what advice or recommendations would you give to others sitting here today who actually just have that little nudge now from God that they they need some extra support or some restoration for the broken places in their hearts or lives. What, what would you say? Uh, a couple of things. One is say it to somebody this morning. Actually speaking things out loud often, you know, uh, it's hugely releasing. So I would say find somebody and say that too. True. And I would say just do it because actually going to see a counsellor should be as normal as going to see the dentist or the doctor. That actually, there shouldn't be stigma attached to it. We just, yes. we, we all need help. That's and so, so let's stop the judgment. And in a church that is trying to create a culture of change, we can only do that if we take action and if we set that standard to for others. Yes, to that. I think that's probably applause worthy. Yes. So we'd love to pray for you this morning, Laura. Uh, particularly, again, you've shared such a vulnerable part of your journey. But I said to you on the phone when we were chatting, I hadn't realised how much you hate the phone, so I'm sorry for that. It's okay, because I know you well. Oh, that's all right then. I mean, uh, speak to, ask John. I, I don't even talk to him. He gets one-word answers on the phone. <laughs> um, so... I know you've been super vulnerable in opening up, but what I really do believe is that you're going to be an agent of freedom for others. And what you've shared today might just be the catalyst for several people, maybe the floodgates for all sorts of people to say, you know what, I need some help. And we want to encourage that in this church. Obviously, it means that Liz will need to keep expanding the team. Um, but... You know what? Um, it would be really good to pray for you. And, and also, as you have that renewed sense of identity, um, that God begins to reveal to you just next steps of your purpose. Like we prayed for Ali, I know that you're already walking in a lot of that, but I feel that you're going to be able to see so much more as you kind of stand embedded on who you are in him with that renewed sense of confidence. So let's pray for Laura this morning. Lord, we thank you for this incredible woman and thank you for who she is, for her openness and her honesty, for her courage in admitting that actually she, she needed some help to remind herself who she really is. Um, that over the years, that sense of identity had just eroded away due to all sorts of circumstances beyond her control. And Lord, as you continue that healing process in her life, we want to pray, God, that you would use her in big things and in the small. We pray, Father, that she would continue to be kind to herself. Lord, that she would walk with you in those... Um, wide open spaces, that you would lead her by still waters, week by week by week. Um, Lord, that the enemy would not be able to rob any of the victory that she has shared already today. But Lord, we also know that there's more to come, that this is that today she's not standing here as a trophy. Um, Lord, she's standing here as a testimony to your glory and your goodness. And that's a really important distinction because the story has so many more chapters yet to come. 
And so, Lord, we pause in this moment and we say thank you for her. We pray that you would just surround her, John, and the boys with your protection. Lord, that nothing, nothing, nothing um, would be able to um, bring division or to steal anything, um, any of the abundant life that you have for them as a family. And we ask, God, that you would continue to show Laura how she can stand on the bedrock of who she is and who you are um, and be used by you. Would you show her next steps as her confidence just continues to grow in leaps and bounds? I thank you, Lord, that she's already so capable, but I just pray, Lord, that you would open up a huge vista um, for her of how she can use some of her own experiences to bring and unlock freedom in the lives of others. So would you bless her today in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure that you'll agree, two incredible ladies, but one incredible God who loves us so much that he meets us exactly where we are, but he says, but I don't want to leave you with these broken pieces. I want to put them together in some kind of amazing mosaic, which is going to be even more beautiful. Um, and I, I suppose where I want to finish today is... When we were praying for both of these ladies, we said really clearly, we don't share testimony at Skylark to parade people like a trophy that is to commend us and give ourselves a big old pat on the back as a church for what we're doing. It's not about that. They're not trophies. Actually, what we did today is we held up some scars that have had a really huge measure of healing. But what we're doing is basically saying, this is all of us. We all have places in our lives where we are wounded or where we are broken. None of us are exempt from that. And it doesn't matter how long we've been walking with Jesus for. There are places in each of us where God wants to come and breathe his healing and his life. And if that's you today, there's absolutely no shame in that. It takes courage to look at those things and to say, I need someone to walk with me. So I want to encourage you, um, talk to somebody, talk to a friend today, talk to one of us if you came here on your own and you don't have that person you can confide in. And we would love to direct you to the best place where you can walk with people in a place of safety and take a look at some of those things and become stronger. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this incredible church family. Thank you for what you're doing in and through uh, the life of the church. Thank you that you are at work, that you're using our counseling services, that you're using Shine and the recovery course and the Alpha course to bring people closer to you. And Lord, that's what it's about. It's about providing those access points where people can meet with you because you are the ultimate restorer of broken things. And so, Lord, we thank you that you're using each of these vehicles to draw people closer to your heartbeat. I pray for us as a church this week that as we're sent out in your power, Power. Lord, we would be those who look at the ruins that we see around us and who bring restoration by speaking life and hope and by loving people and meeting their need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great week, church.